your default should be to see greatness and think, damn, the late nights, the early mornings, the sacrifice. That's possible. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Go Get It podcast, the show for those who have big dreams and know that they can overcome anything in their way to reaching them. Ladies and gentlemen, today is a big episode. We have reached the half century point. That's right. Episode 50. Woo. 50 weeks in a row of going and getting it. Stig, you've been on, on planes editing in the wee hours of the morning, way past midnight, midnight during wildfires. Isn't that right, Stig? That is true. That is true. Wildfire, like wildfires, like being evacuated from my home right as I was about to start an edit because a fire is coming down the mountain towards our home, zipping across town in Santa Rosa, setting up at a hotel, and with, with live fire coverage on the television, sitting at the desk, editing a Go Get It podcast episode for the next morning. That is right. 50 episodes. I'm, I'm proud to be here with you, Hunter. And I, I remember that vividly, man. Yeah. And uh, proud to have you as my co-host here, man. Thank you, everyone, who has been here since the beginning and to those just joining us for the first time we hope that something in the last 50 weeks has not only changed your perspective but led to actionable change in your life because that's what we're all about here personal development and getting into action and if you have a story of change that the podcast has inspired please let us know we'd love to hear from you either on instagram in the dms email or even or, or you can even call the show and leave a voicemail uh, which is the numbers linked in the description. And please share your personal story. That would mean the world to us. It really does motivate us and keep us going. So, so thank you in advance for anybody willing to share. If you missed episode 49, we talked about U.S. women's gymnast Suni Lee and about staying ready for your opportunity. This week on the podcast, we are returning to inspiring Olympic stories as the 2021 Games just wrapped up yesterday. And today... Austin is going to take the lead with a couple stories that really stuck out to him. Yes, absolutely. There are so many fun stories from this Olympics. And as a storyteller myself, of course, I'm always looking to hear those stories of the athletes. Who are these people? There's so many. I mean, there's so many sports I don't even know exist until they show up on the Olympic Games, <laughs> like air pistol and things like that. I'm like, who are these people? So, Although I, mean, I love to see ping pong on there. You know, I'm an oh, avid ping pong player. You are an avid ping pong. But what do you think of the ping pong, by the way? What do, what do you think of the level of play, the gamesmanship? What do you think? It's incredible. Incredible. I mean, I'm looking at the shots that these guys are hitting and trying to put myself in that perspective. It's they're on they're on a different level. It looks like a different I'm actually sport. recording this. I don't want to speak too loud though because my roommate Tobias, he's he's on the other side of the wall that I'm that I'm recording on. Okay. We played quite a bit we we played quite a bit of ping pong in the bubble and I may have gotten the better of him so he's a little <laughs> bit sore about it. <laughs> well, today today I'm going to share two stories of two very inspiring athletes and the first is a woman named Hidalin Diaz, and I apologize if I'm pronouncing that first name wrong. She is an athlete from the Philippines. Now, let me tell y'all about her story. The Philippines has competed in every edition of the Summer, Olymp Summer Olympics since 1924. 
except one that they boycotted in Moscow in 1980. So in that time, the Philippines, since 1924, has taken home three silvers and seven bronze medals. They had never gotten a gold medal heading into the Tokyo Olympics. Those were the stakes when Hidalin Diaz stepped up for the women's 55-kilogram category in women's weightlifting. And she was trying to stop China's bid for a perfect Tokyo Games in weightlifting. They had won every gold medal in in all the weightlifting categories, all the weight classes that I guess they have. This is all new to me. China was winning every single one of them. And here comes Hidalin trying to step up and stop that. Hidalin was her country's hope to possibly get that first gold. But let's take it back a little bit and learn a little bit about Hidalin because her story of how she arrived here is quite something. She was born in a village called Mampeng. She was the fifth of six children and... When she was still at school, she would go with her father, Eduardo, on his tricycle to help sell vegetables and fish on the street at their local market. She came from very humble beginnings, her family. And when she was young, when she started weightlifting, sport was really a path to a better life. And I think we hear that a lot in so many contexts with people who become elite athletes that... You know, sport was that thing that gives them opportunities that they may not otherwise have had. And she always thought that if she was successful in sports, that she could help out her family. That was kind of her dream. But she never thought she was going to be in the Olympics. She was introduced to weightlifting by her cousin, and she started lifting weights made from plastic pipes and homemade concrete weights cast into old tin cans. That's awesome. I, I love it. And when she was 11, I love it. when she was 11, she was given her first barbell to train with uh, after a local weightlifting competition. And she practiced so hard, the Olympics website said that she wore the bar out, breaking it from overuse. You know, that's, wow. <laughs> she's going I to get love it. it. She's going and getting it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, anyway, fast forward to 2008. She makes her first Olympics in Beijing. And out of the 12 weightlifters in that competition, she got 11th. And then in London 2012, she had three attempts at this lift called the clean and jerk. And she missed every single one of those three. DNF'd, did not finish Wow! in the 2012 Olympics. 2016, now in her third Olympics, she has a great competition and gets silver medal. So coming into this year's games, she was the hope for her country to try to get that first gold medal, but she faced a lot of adversity on the way. In 2019, she actually wrote on her Instagram appealing to the public to help her financially during her training. She said, I'm embarrassed to ask, but I'll be shameless for my dream for our country to take home the gold medal in the Olympics. And a private foundation ended up uh, helping her with funding. Then in 2020, of course, the pandemic, her gym shut down and she had to resort to training with large water bottles attached to a bamboo pole. And she would hold this weight above her head doing squats to work on her core strength. 
Now, we just watched, before we jumped on this podcast, the competition in this year's Olympics, where Hidalin was squaring off against that Chinese competitor, and they were tied after the first half of the competition. They do something called the snatch, which is essentially in one fluid motion, throwing this weight above their head. So you add the weight from that lift to the weight from the clean and jerk, which is when you bring up to your shoulders and then boom, press it above your head. You add the two weights together, that equals your total, and whoever has the highest total gets the gold medal. They have three rounds to do this clean and jerk. They're tied going into it, and the battle was real. Wasn't it, huh? <laughs> Back it was, and man. forth. These two competitors were just pushing each other. And Hunt, tell them what happened after the second lift. So Hidalin had just hit her second lift. And what I mean, what did it look like? Hidalin goes for 124 Kilo. kilos, I yeah. think it was. And puts it up, and you could tell in that she was so emotional in that moment. She actually let out a shriek because she was so proud of herself for putting that up. I don't yeah. know if she's ever put that weight up before. I yeah, think if I you look so. to the previous year, they weren't even close to what she put up in that second, in that second attempt of 124 kilos. Yeah. Actually in, see, in, like, in the 2016 Olympics, Hidalin clean and jerk, her clean and jerk was 112 kilos. Oh, uh, so 12 kilos away. more yeah. on the second attempt. And she goes second here, right? The right. Chinese competitor went first she won up to her, went second with the 124 kilos, put it up, and you could tell, like, she thought she had it won right there. Won. Like, she mm-hmm. was so, you could, you could also see that she didn't even know if she can do that, mm-hmm. that weight, I don't think. Mm-hmm. And she puts it up, jubilation, and then a couple minutes later, it goes back to the Chinese competitor to yeah. see if the Chinese competitor going can one-up her. Going for 126. 126. Yeah. And she hits. She hits it. She hits it to take back first place. And then Hidalin comes out. And now. But you're watching there saying there's no way. There's, there's no, way. no way. Yeah. She just. Like if you watch the 124, you're just like, that's it. She's, she gave everything in the tank. She's got like, she, there's nothing left. Right. Exactly. And then she steps up for 127 kilos. Going for the gold by one kilo, and Hidalin nails it. Nails it. And I, I was watching Hunter over Zoom watch this lift, and he had tears welling up in his eyes. Did you not? Well, you see, when the, when the, when the coach and the family comes together, <laughs> and like she was just like over <laughs> the moon, and I'm sure there were so many mixed emotions going in there, feelings of doubt and and... Uh, it was just amazing to see her hit it, and then you bring into that everything that that means for for the for the for the country. That's the first time ever that their anthem is is going to be played at at the Olympics and receiving a gold medal. Oh, incredible! I mean, from humble beginnings to 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 the first ever gold medal for a country, it it really was such an inspiring thing to see. Yeah, and when we look at this competition, a few things stand out for me other than the, you know, the historic nature of her winning her country's first gold medal. We're trying to think of things that we can take away as like kind of a go-get-it lesson for this. And I think one of the keys here is 
this back and forth between her and the Chinese athlete to me is the beauty really. Yeah. I think that's the best word. It's like the beauty of competition and its potential to get us to raise our game to places that we never even imagined we could to see her do that second lift. And it looked like she had given her all. And then minutes later, have to come back and set another PR again. It's something that it's like the purity of competition that allows us to do that. And it's why I just love sports of all sorts. Oh, that rhymes. <laughs> uh, and, and something that something that was just that, I mean, that gave me chills watching that competition. What, is, what stood out for you in that? In that yeah, uh, well, and story? sometimes, I think sometimes also we shy away from that competition, mm. right? Because with it comes doing something that we don't know if we can do. Mm. So you're nervous about that. You have self-doubt, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes there's tension when you're going head-to-head with somebody, when you're competing with somebody that, you know, with that comes being uncomfortable at times and, yeah. and making somebody else uncomfortable perhaps. Yeah. Uh, but like you said, I think what, what stands out what stands out to me is that each of them now are able to do something that maybe they otherwise wouldn't be able to do. Yeah. They've probably both just hit the the most weight that they've ever been able to do. So they've been pushed way outside their comfort zone mm-hmm. and and really were able to achieve a higher level of their athleticism that they probably wouldn't have been able to do if they didn't have each other, you know, pushing, pushing, pushing one another. The shying away from competition is an interesting point here. And we talk a lot on the go get a podcast about like that intrinsic motivation. And ideally you can get the best out of yourself in isolation, in a vacuum. Right. But what we're really about and like what I'm so obsessed with is just this idea of getting the most out of yourself, being the best you can be in whatever way that whatever way you can make that happen. I'm cool with pretty much as long as it's like legal. Um, (laughs) And so like for me, I know competition brings out the most of me. If I'm trying to be the best runner, the best ultra marathon runner I can, hell yeah, I want to line up against people who are better runners than me. Because I know that me chasing them and getting competitive in my head, th- just the nature of that is going to push me to speeds that I can't achieve on my own at times. And so I think that comes to a self-awareness thing. It's like, don't shy away from competition. You don't have to be, you know, you know, cutthroat and mean about it. Think of it as a way to a- actually get you to give more of yourself. It- it's just the purity of sports, the beauty of it. Yeah, I got to give a quick shout out before before we continue to my cousin Troy. Troy, shout out to Troy if you're listening. Just because as we're talking about this, I'm thinking like of 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 him as somebody in my life who this guy he just he always raises the stakes mm. and like and even if even if you're on the outside looking at it like he's got no chance, he's got no problem raising the stakes <laughs> and and getting super competitive with it. Yeah, and um. And I had, and I've had him as an example. And, and a lot of times it's with, um, you know, the, the, the context is not like in the professional sports arena, but you know, it's like backyard games and stuff like that. But I mean, this dude just never shies away from competition. And so I respect that so much. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. And I had to, I had to, had to give T Riso a shout out right here. Absolutely. 
Well, so shout out to those two athletes this year who pushed each other to new heights. Again, that is Hidalin Diaz from the Philippines who took home their first gold medal. And shout out to the Chinese athlete as well. I'm going to butcher the pronunciation of her name. So it's spelled L I A O Q I U Y U N. Shout out to her. Give it a shot anyway. Give it a shot for the listeners. Lao Kin. That's what I'm going to. That's what I'm going to guess. And final cap on that story. In 2016, Hiddelin's total kilos for the Snatch and Clean and Jerk was 200. Her win this year was 224 kilos. Incredible. The last story this week's Inspiring Olympic Stories goes to James Chincheek. And I watched his race earlier this morning. Track and field is just starting up. And... He was running in the 800-meter prelims. So this is two laps around the track. And before his heat, I was looking up some of the different athletes, and I saw that James was running for the Olympic refugee team. And I've always been interested in telling stories as a documentarian about refugees, and especially I've done stories about refugees in sport. And so I was particularly interested with his story, and and I looked it up. And here's a guy who was born in what is today South Sudan, and he escaped the Sudanese Civil War some years after his father died in the conflict in 1999. And the Olympics website said that as a young boy, he took care of cattle and fled the country to avoid being recruited as a child soldier. So he left what is now present-day South Sudan and then went to a refugee camp in Kenya called Kakuma. That's where he started going to school, started running, and met some older guys in the refugee camp who were training for long-distance events because, you know, in Kenya, long-distance running is like, that's like life there. So Mm. it's the most popular sport, uh, that and soccer. And so he started doing these events, had some ability at it, eventually started getting supported by the UN High Commission for Refugees. Like that was the financial support for his running. And when he made his first Olympics back in 2016, I picked out this quote, which I thought was powerful. He said, by running well, I'm doing something good to help others, especially refugees. Maybe among them are athletes with talent, but who did not yet have any opportunities we have to look back and see where our brothers and sisters are so if one of them also has talent we can bring them to train with us and also make their lives better so i was watching him in this olympics 800 meter prelim and he definitely wasn't the favorite he was not expected to move through the heat but of course pulling for him i'm always pulling for that underdog story the gun goes off He goes around the very first turn and all the athletes start to cut in towards that first lane and he cuts in towards the first lane and the back of his heel clips one of the runners behind him and he falls in the first. And he was about to move into first right there. Right. Yeah. Off the bat. And he falls to the track and it's just a gut punch. For me watching, for so many people watching, because you just in that moment know the dreams and the work that went in to get there. And on the first turn in prelims, he goes down. Yeah. But to his credit, James got up. He ran those two laps way behind the rest of the field. He ended up losing 
by 15 seconds, crossing that finish line. He put his head in his hands. You could see the emotion on his face. And to me, watching it, I think it was powerful in a number of ways. Just knowing his story and just imagining the work that took to get there for any of these athletes, but especially him with all the obstacles he had. But then also to just get up and keep keep grinding. Like you saw him crossing that finish line with 15 seconds, you know, past any other competitors and he's gritting it out. And I love to see that. And it was a really inspiring moment for me watching the Olympic Games that I wanted to pick out. And having these two stories next to each other, they're very different stories. You know, one is a gold medal story. One is a last place in the prelims. But what they both have in common are here are two Olympians who came from a background where they didn't have tons of opportunity. They didn't have, you know, everything laid out in front of them that made it obvious that these two were going to be Olympians. If anything, it was the odds were unlimitedly stacked against them. And I think it's easy for us sitting at home to watch these Olympians in any sport and to think, wow, they're superheroes. They have something I don't have. And not just Olympians. It's easy to look at greatness in any field. You know, the top CEOs, the best artists, the best athletes. It's so easy to look at them and think they have some sort of talent or gift that I don't have. And these two athletes just prove that is an excuse. They're ordinary people doing extraordinary things. And I believe, truly believe that we are all capable of achieving greatness in whatever we are pursuing. And yes, we might not be able to be LeBron James or win like a gold medal in weightlifting if you don't have like some natural body composition because of your DNA. But the vast majority of people who are reaching heights in whatever it is you're pursuing, they get there through hard work. Not everything was laid out for them. That path wasn't clear. So watching these two athletes, that was the lesson I took away from it. To not limit ourselves by ever seeing someone and saying, man, I wish that's not me. I can't do that. Your default should be to see greatness and think, damn, the late nights, the early mornings, the sacrifice. That's possible. I think when, when, when you're hitting on that, I'm thinking about back to what you said earlier about the makeshift gym, mm -hmm. you know, and the water bottles. Yes. And just finding a way to scrap and grind through and, and put together what you have to continue to inch forward, to continue to challenge yourself, get better every day. And a lot of times I think when we, when, when we do look into the stories like you've done here for us and, and as continue, as people continue to look into the stories of, you know, people who they maybe admire or look up to or, um, revere, I think that theme will continue to shine through that mm. they're human beings. They had a starting point very similar to you and I, or whoever's listening. And there was just there was just a lot of grit, determination, relentlessness, a lot of controllable things along the way, mm -hmm. which helped mold them into the person that, that they ultimately became. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, again, like you said, there are, 
Um, there are definitely some people who are, who are physically have a, have a different kind of aptitude, um, when it comes to the arena of sports. Um, but again, there's so many examples of, of people who are, who are just overcoming obstacles and who are just grinding away like the two examples that you pointed out there to become the best that they can be in something that they're really passionate about. And I think that that's something that we can all really learn a lot from and start to, you know, hopefully the default when we, when we see greatness is not, Oh, that's impossible, unachievable, unattainable, and not for me. Mm -hmm. Hopefully the default is I bet that person, you know, I bet that person came from, from humble beginnings, something similar to me and, and, and kind of made it through. Absolutely. That's going to lead us into our go get a challenge of the week. The go get a challenge is this, who is somebody in your career field or athletic pursuit or artistic discipline who embodies greatness? Your challenge this week is to deconstruct how that person got to where they are today. Do some quick reading, some research, learn about their past so that you can see the attainable path to get to where they are today. And hopefully that inspires you on your journey. Well, folks, that's another episode, another Monday off to a hot start. Episode 50. And remember this week, go get it. Go get it, folks. Go get it.